0: As inflation rages on, we explore just why Democrats have embraced the precise positions that threw gasoline on the fire in the first place. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. we get to more on this in just one second. First, we all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and get into the comfortable loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John because as I slip into something more comfortable, my Tommy John loungewear set, I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, it's stylish enough to wear for a quick stroll to the park with my kids. And you won't look like you just rolled out of bed, even if you may have done just that. Tommy John uses luxuriously soft tri-blend fabrics with flexible four-way stretch. Plus, their fabric is non-pilling, meaning it doesn't leave behind lint balls or fuzz. And guys, you might be wondering how they can get any better. Good news. Their underwear, amazing. I mean, I've been using them for years, literally throughout all my other pairs of underwear. Incredibly durable. Their fabric moves with you. It's just great stuff. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee protects your most valuable asset. So shop at Tommy John. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Save 20% for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That's TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at ExpressVPN.com slash Ben. When inflation continues to rage out of control, the Biden administration continues to say that everything is going to be hunky-dory, by most economist estimates, it's going to be well into next year before inflation really starts to hit the rates that Americans are used to, namely that 2% that the Federal Reserve aims for. As we know, the Biden administration has blamed everybody except themselves for all of this. But here is the thing. The inflation is part of the theory the Democrats embraced. They embraced all of the fiscal and economic prerequisites for inflation. The definition of inflation is too many dollars following too few goods. When you jack up government spending, When you recommend that the Federal Reserve pursue easy monetary policy, the predictable result of this is that you end up with inflation. Unless we believe that this is some sort of like random thing that just happened to Democrats. No, it isn't. This has been embedded in their most cherished ideals for a very long time. One of the weird things about Joe Biden's presidency is that he was nominated based on the fact that he was not Bernie Sanders and that he was not Elizabeth Warren. And then once he became president, he decided to pursue exactly the same policies that Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren Would have pursued. And so to understand what's happening right now, you sort of have to understand what Bernie and Elizabeth Warren were saying way back in the day, meaning like 2019, 2020. So I want to take you in the time machine back to June 12th, 2019, when Bernie Sanders gave a big speech about democratic socialism, which sounds a lot like Build Back Better. If you listen to what he actually says the government ought to do, it sounds exactly like Build Back Better. So here is Bernie Sanders circa June 2019. This is a major policy speech. The media ate it up. It was covered with sterling recommendations by Vox and The New York Times. Here was Bernie announcing what democratic socialism really meant.
1: We must take the next step forward and guarantee every man, woman and child in our country basic economic rights, the right to quality health care. The right to as much education as one needs to succeed in our society. The right to a good job that pays a living wage. The right to affordable housing. The right to a secure retirements. And the right to live in a clean environment. And that is what I mean by
0: democratic socialism. The right to have a unicorn that craps gold. The right to have one type of pudding. It's not very good, but we'll have a lot of it. The right to stand in the breadline. Many things, many things. It'll be unbelievable. And the crowd goes wild. Well, the question, of course, is how you pay for all of these magical rights. Well, first of all, you have to force people to do things they don't want to do. Because if you have a right to a service from someone else, they now have a duty to provide you that service. So that is problem number one. But from a fiscal point of view, the answer is somebody has to pay for it. So you're either going to have to radically raise taxes, which is something that Bernie Sanders has indeed proposed, or you're going to have to print an enormous amount of money. And it is no shock that The New Yorker ran a piece, August 2019, titled, the economist who believes the government should just print more money. Stephanie Kelton, a senior economic advisor to Bernie Sanders and professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University, is popular in a way that economists almost definitionally are not. Filmmakers trail her with cameras. She goes on international speaking tours and once sold out a basketball arena in Italy. Kelton is the foremost evangelist of a fringe economic movement called modern monetary theory, which argues in part that the government should pay for programs requiring big spending like the Green New Deal simply by printing more money. This is a polarizing idea. This spring, at Kelton spoke at the Wall Street Journal's Future of Everything Festival. On the dais, a journal staffer introduced Kelton as an economist with an idea that will either solve the world's problems or send it into ruin. She made a face and then walked on stage. So what exactly does she say? Well, adherents of MMT, imagine a world built on MMT principles in which the government provides guaranteed jobs, healthcare, affordable college, launches clean infrastructure projects to replace crumbling highways, airports, and bridges. Kelton, who does at least five interviews per week, plus lectures, speaking gigs, and conferences, is more than anyone else responsible for building MMT's digital army. So what exactly is MMT? Well, it means that we just spend money and don't worry about it. Okay, So Kelton here's a lot of concerns about MMT. The basic idea of modern monetary theory is we spend a lot of money. People continue to buy our bonds because we're still the best bet on the block. And until that ain't true anymore, we can just continue to spend money and there will be no effect on inflation. So according to The New Yorker, again, August of 2019, she is the chief economic advisor to Bernie Sanders. Quote, Kelton often hears the same concerns about MMT. Most are about inflation. How soon will we become Zimbabwe, which printed so many Zimbabwean dollars that inflation peaked in 2008 at an annual rate of 96 trillion percent? Never, according to Kelton. Under MMT, the focus is sustainable inflation, whereas fiscal traditionalists worry about the deficit and don't consider inflation at all. Doesn't MMT then require accurate forecasting of inflation risk? Yes, and Kelton conceded at the festival, the models aren't perfect, but we can do a pretty good job. Anyway, government spending, she believes, is responsible for just a small part of inflation. Kelton believes that MMT is a new framework, but is buried, is founded on old ideas, buried and forgotten in the work of foundational economists. Okay, so she was pushing the idea that you could just basically spend money, no problem. This is, again, 2019, quote, the current economic conditions look pretty good for MMT. In Japan, where deficits are high and the interest rate is set at less than zero, the economy is met with no calamity. When Congress passed a tax cut in 2017, the CBO predicted there would be a jump in interest rates caused by the deficit. This has not happened. Still, most mainstream economists view MMT as the cult of the magic money tree. Okay, well, even Paul Krugman had thought this was was a bad idea, but most Democrats had started to kind of circulate around these ideas. Elizabeth Warren, who was sort of a warmed-over Bernie Sanders devotee. She gave a speech in December of 2019 at a college called St. Anselm. And she said a couple of things. One, she said the same stuff that Bernie said, we should spend an awful lot of money. Here was Elizabeth Warren circa December 2019.
2: Reagan had it wrong. Our problem isn't big government. Our problem is a government that has been captured by the rich and the powerful. Government could help grow the economy, could create opportunities, could support small businesses and entrepreneurship, but instead, we have a government that works only for those at the top. Reagan liked to talk about freedom, but real freedom isn't living under the thumb of a handful of billionaires and giant corporations. Real freedom isn't living deep in debt one health scare, or one broken transmission away from disaster. Real freedom isn't watching while more and more opportunities get snatched up by the rich and powerful. Real freedom comes when a strong government enforces fair rules and when smart investments give every American the opportunity to prosper.
0: But here's the thing. Elizabeth Warren didn't just stop with the warmed-over Bernie Sanders rhetoric. She then talked about what you need to do with the Federal Reserve. So the idea was easy money was going to make all of this possible. You just blow out the, the Federal Reserve's grabbing of assets on the open market, inject more money into the economy. This will make magic happen. Here was Elizabeth Warren again. This is December twelfth, 2019, approximately four months before the economy completely cratered and about a year and a half before inflation became a serious issue. Here's Elizabeth Warren.
2: We will appoint a Federal Reserve board that believes in full employment, that recognizes that inflation fears have been overblown for years, and someone who is willing to let wages grow.
0: That's unbelievable. That clip is unbelievable. We have Elizabeth Warren, December 2019. We need Federal Reserve members. We're going to explode the spending. Who are going to recognize that we don't have to worry about inflation. Who cares about inflation and who will let wages grow? Okay, well, the wages have actually declined because of the inflationary policy of the Federal Reserve. That was Elizabeth Warren, the great plan person. Remember this? And she was running. I know we've all forgotten about it. We've blocked it out from our memories that Elizabeth Warren was ever a viable candidate. But there was a point where she was actually leading that race. And then everybody realized that she was a charmless hack, just like Kamala Harris. And um, and then she fell apart. But for a moment there, she was the media's beloved candidate. They loved her. She was the one with the plan. She had a plan for that. Her plan was exactly the plan that brought about inflation. So Joe Biden enters office. And it was after spending the campaign not being Bernie and not being Elizabeth Warren. And he immediately rams through this quote unquote COVID relief bill. Now, as you remember, this passed in March of 2021. You'll remember that by this point, the vaccines were already being tranched out en masse. So we're coming to the end of COVID and everyone knew it. It was already gonna be that everybody who, who wanted a vax could get a vax. This is this is true by essentially April of 2021. And he was bashing through with no Republican support, none. So these are all Democrats who own this. He was bashing through $1.9 trillion in COVID spending. And in the process, not shockingly, he was praising Bernie Sanders. Right? Bernie, whose policies these are all based on, this is what happens when you let a socialist run the party. So here is Biden praising Bernie as he passed a $1.9 trillion quote-unquote stimulus plan that merely stimulated inflation.
3: I promised the American people, and I guess it's becoming an overused phrase, that help was on the way. But today, with the American Rescue Plan now signed into law, we've delivered on that promise. And I don't mean I've delivered, we've delivered. And I want to say to Bernie, Bernie, stepping up and making the case why this was so transformational, made a big difference in how a lot of people voted.
0: And then of course Nancy Pelosi came out and declared the COVID relief bill a triumph. Here was the Speaker of the House of Representatives.
4: Let me say this about my members. Our our chairs were dazzling in their own work, intellect, integrity, imagination for the American people, working with their Senate with their Senate colleagues. I say their beautiful diversity of our members. And I say to them Our diversity is our strength, our unity is our power and in this bill our diversity to protect everyone in our country to end the disparity in access to everything that the bill presents, our diversity was reflected in the House and the Senate in that policy. But our unity on behalf of all of the American people is what made this such a triumph.
0: Okay, you own it. You own it. This is all Democrats. There's Nancy Pelosi with the Bain mask on. And she's amazing, amazing stuff. Okay, then Joe Biden went around and he trotted around talking about the magic of the American Rescue Plan. And he talked about how much money he was spending. This was the key component, was how much money he was spending. So he talked about how it was gonna generate economic growth for the entire net, massive economic growth. It was gonna raise wages. It was going to rebuild the backbone of the economy. Here was Joe Biden, again, Praising the $1.9 trillion plan that was completely unnecessary. The economy was already in a state of recovery. Here was Joe Biden.
3: It will generate economic growth for the entire nation. That's why major economists left, right and center support this plan. Even Wall Street has agreed. According to Moody's, by the end of this year, this law will spur our economy to create 7 million new jobs. And does one more thing. It focuses on rebuilding the backbone of this country, working families, the middle class, people who built this country.
0: And then he said, you know what's going to be a big part of this? Sending 100 million checks or direct deposits. You know what that's called? That's called helicopter money. That is inflation. Okay, so the basic rule of that inflation is that if we live in a town and there are only a certain number of goods and a helicopter arrives at all the houses and just drops $100,000 in everybody's backyard, is everybody rich now? No. The prices of those limited goods just reflect the fact that everybody now has $100,000 in their pocket. That's all. But that's exactly what Joe Biden was praising, was the helicopter cash. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren monetary policy right here.
3: 100 million checks going into the pockets and or direct deposits going into the pockets of Americans on the way to a million more, millions of more Americans. That's real progress.
0: By real progress, he means that wages were about to decline significantly over the course of the next year. Yeah, so fast forward to like May of 2020, 2021, had they started to pick up on the fact that inflation had already picked up? Nah, Elizabeth Warren was still out there saying we need more spending. This is nothing, guys. We need our $3 trillion bill back, maybe more than that, maybe seven, eight, I mean, who knows? There's no limit. After all, modern monetary theory says you keep spending until there ain't no spending to be done. Here's Elizabeth Warren circa May 2021. Senator Capito has introduced a bill that's about, I think, five or $600 billion, uh, Biden's
1: Transportation infrastructure bill is about two trillion. Mm-hmm. Would you be opposed to any sort of compromise in between? Eight hundred well, billion, nine hundred well, billion?
2: I'm not going to start by negotiating against myself, but understand this. What it's going to take to repair the roads and bridges in America, what it's going to take to make sure that not just part of America has access to broadband, but all of America has access to broadband. And what it's going to take to make sure that we have universal childcare. Childcare that is affordable, available, and high quality all across this nation. That is a big ticket item. And we've got to make sure that we put enough resources in to make that happen. I think that the president's budget, quite frankly, doesn't go quite far enough.
0: The budget doesn't go quite far enough. It doesn't go far enough. The president, by the way, had proposed a $6 trillion budget. 6 But it didn't go far enough. Okay, literally the next day, the questions are already happening. This is in May of 2021 well over a year ago, and the inflation already started to set in. So Jen Psaki, who was then the press secretary for the White House, she was asked about inflation. She's like, oh, it's transitory, no big deal.
3: The Federal Reserve, I would point you to them to speak to or provide analysis or speculation on anything uh, as it relates to inflation or the impact of uh, certain external actions. I will say, as we've said in here before, but we'll reiterate that, of course, we take uh, the possibility of inflation quite seriously uh, as you know, actions that have been taken to date or proposals that have been made, uh, most economic al- analysts have believed that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. But in terms of analysis on current events, I would
0: point you to the Federal Reserve. Transitory, very transitory. OK, by July, Joe Biden was still saying that it was transitory. This is July 19th, 2021.
3: As our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. Mm. But that's not our view. Oh, our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've seen are, were expected and, and expected to be temporary. reality is you can't flip the global economic light back on and not expect this to happen. As demand returns, there's going to be global supply chain challenges. We've seen that in semiconductors, which are used in automobiles. That global shortage has slowed vehicle production, creating a temporary spike in car prices. That's a real challenge. My is doing everything we can to address it. It's transitory, though. But again, these disruptions are temporary. Temporary.
0: Transitory. It's more inflation in just one second. First, my kids are getting ready to go back to school in just a little while. They're excited to go back to school, but many kids aren't because a lot of kids don't know where their meals are going to be coming from this semester. Well, that's why Good Ranchers has made it their mission to donate 100,000 high-quality meals to kids facing food insecurity and malnourishment this fall semester. For every box ordered through the month of August, Good Ranchers will donate a nutritious meal to a kid in need. Help them reach their goal of 100,000 donated meals by ordering your box today at goodranchers.com slash Ben. Good Ranchers is an award-winning food delivery service that ships 100% American meat and seafood directly to your door. Named the best food subscription service earlier this year, Good Ranchers is the fastest growing meat company in America. They source only the best American farms, so you can trust that you're feeding your family with the highest quality possible every single meal. I know their meat's really good because they actually got me a kosher steak. It was delicious. Plus, right now, you can use my code BEN to get 30 bucks off your order plus free shipping. Your purchase furthers their mission to donate 100,000 high-quality meals to kids in need. It's a great cause. Everybody should rally behind it. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Ben today. Use my code BEN when you place your order. Let's help these guys hit their goal. September 27, 2021. Fed officials say that the transitory inflation may last quite a while. According to the Wall Street Journal, quote, All year, the Federal Reserve's messaging on inflation has been consistent. This year's surge is transitory. Inflation will soon return close to the central bank's 2% target. Yet look more closely, and it is clear officials are turning less sanguine. And that explains growing eagerness to start raising interest rates. Last September, long before supply bottlenecks emerged, the median forecast by the Fed was for core inflation in 2022 of 1.8%. Every few months since that, they've nudged it up. The forecast released, again, this is September of 2021. They saw core inflation next year at 2.3%. Right now... Core inflation annually in the United States is probably going to be closer to 5 or 6%. So they just happen to be off by, you know, everything. And by the way, they wouldn't let go of it. October 6th, 2021, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, who had also helped preside over the Federal Reserve before she was Treasury Secretary under Joe Biden, she said inflation was transitory. This is October 2021.
4: We're almost 6 million jobs short of where we were before the pandemic, which means a lot of Uh, people who still need jobs. Um, On the other hand, um, many firms are finding it difficult to hire. We've had extraordinary shifts in the pattern of demand away from services and toward goods. And I know the Fed is trying to sort through the implications of that. Supply bottlenecks have developed Mm -hmm. um, that have caused inflation. I believe that They're transitory, but that doesn't mean they'll go away over the next several months.
0: It's transitory. Okay. so by November 2021, Jerome Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, who never should have been reappointed for his position, by the way, he admits that he got the inflation wrong and that they blew it. So while this, but they didn't blow it because they thought that inflation wouldn't jump. They blew it because they had an actual economic dedication to the idea that more spending and loose monetary policy are goods. These are good. They're effectively a way to reach the democratic socialist ideal. Here is Jerome Powell admitting he got inflation wrong in November 2021. And here's where the the worm really starts to turn because it's kind of amazing that this administration, they could claim it was transitory and we got it, you know, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. But once it became clear that it wasn't okay, that's when you expect them to take their foot off the pedal, right? Wrong. They decide that they're going to ram their foot through the pedal. Their Their feet are now on the ground like Fred Flintstone. It's amazing. So here's November 2021. Jerome Powell now acknowledging that he got it wrong. Here he is. I think
3: it's fair to say that the uh, the experts who have been advising you about the future rate of inflation have uh, pretty much the same credibility those as those. Uh, late night psychic hotlines you see on tv
1: so i think what we missed about inflation was the so we didn't predict the uh the supply side problems and those are highly unusual and very difficult very nonlinear, uh and it's it's really hard to predict those things but that's really what we missed and that's why all of the
0: professional forecasters had much lower inflation projections okay but everybody recognized by the end of 2021 that inflation was now persistent that it wasn't transitory anymore And yet in March of 2022, Joe Biden then proposed a $5.8 trillion budget, $5.8 trillion, including massively higher taxes on corporations and the wealthiest Americans. So a recipe for stagflation, because again, this is part of the Bernie Sanders agenda, is part of the Elizabeth Warren agenda, is part of the Joe Biden agenda, is part of the Democratic agenda writ large. More spending, more regulations, more taxation, more Federal Reserve loose monetary policy. And then you wonder why inflation happened. According to the New York Times, Biden's proposed budget, which, of course, is never going to pass, but it's a, it's a wish list of items. It was essentially designed to raise the spending. And Joe Biden admitted as much. In his State of the Union address, March 1st, 2022, he talked about fighting inflation. And his answer to fighting inflation was, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, more spending. Because it's always more spending. Again, it's an ideological thing with these folks. This is why if they get reelected in November, it won't matter what the economic circumstances are. The answer is always the same. You fight inflation by spending more money, and then you fight not inflation by spending more money, and you fight everything by spending more money, as it turns out. You have to fight with your wife, spend more money, like always. Everything is fought by by spending more money because you just got to spend more money. Here's Joe Biden in March of 2022, and not all that long ago, talking about the way to fight inflation is to spend more money.
3: One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poor. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs, not your wages. That means make more cars and semiconductors in America. More infrastructure and innovation in America. More goods moving faster and cheaper in America. More jobs where you can earn a good living in America. Instead of relying on foreign supply chains, let's make it in America. Call this increasing the productive capacity of our economy of our economy. I call it building a better America. (laughs) My plan to fight inflation will lower your costs and lower the deficit.
0: Right. It lowers costs and lowers the deficit by spending more money. I mean that's how you fight inflation, is by spending more money. Because again, it's all part and parcel of the broader economic agenda here. It didn't stop right here. I mean, Pete Buttigieg. Our much lauded secretary of transportation, whose main contribution has been to not do his job in March, like two weeks later, he's saying that we have to spend more because, of course, if you spend more, it reduces the deficit because, you know, that's that's how spending and deficits work or something.
1: The government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the national debt. It is not inflationary. How does that work? How how would you make that statement in in a logical way? Well, I mean, first of all, if you look at our fiscal policy, it is true. And amazingly, uh, a lot of people don't even know this, that the deficit has gone down uh, and and down by a a remarkable amount. Uh, So I think part of it is an expression of that. I think also also part of it is pointing to the fact that some of the investments that we make uh, help with inflation. I mean, that's definitely true with the infrastructure investments, right? Because we know how infrastructure is related to supply chain, supply chain is related to Inflation. It's one of the reasons why, you know, when there was this, this big fight over whether the infrastructure bill was going to be a problem for inflation, you had a lot of economists saying, actually, this and then the Build Back Better vision, you know, taken together, this is going to ease
0: inflationary pressures. See, they're still committed to this. It eases inflation to spend more money. More money spent means you ease inflation, you fix all the problems. Okay, by June of this year, finally, Janet Yellen at, at Treasury was admitting she got inflation wrong. So here she was acknowledging, oh, yeah, oops, oopsie.
4: I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. There have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time didn't fully understand. But we recognize that now.
0: But five, five days later, she was still defending the pandemic spending. Five days later. They're ideologically committed to the idea that reality does not exist. All that exists is theory. Modern monetary theory is still alive and well inside the Democratic Party. Here's Jenny Ellen defending the pandemic spending despite the fact that we have had record highs in inflation month on month, pretty much every month here. We're talking like 40-year highs in inflation. And here's Jenny Ellen still defending the policy.
4: We're seeing high inflation in almost all developed countries around the world. And they have very different fiscal policies. So it can't be the case that the bulk of the inflation that we're experiencing reflects the impact of the ARP.
1: So, so was, was it a causal factor? Would you say that $2 trillion, when we had a trillion dollars unspent, so do the quick math here, it's about $3 trillion that was put into this economy from December through March. So
4: I guess the way I see it is um, when President Biden um, was inaugurated, he inherited an economy with very high unemployment, and the Congressional Budget Office and other forecasters were envisioning that this could last for a very long time. And we had to address the possibility that this could... Be a downturn that would match the Great Recession.
0: Okay, nobody was saying that in the after. No one by January of 2021 was saying that. No one was saying that. They had an ideological commitment to spend more money, so they failed, and then they blamed everything else. Right? They blamed Putin. It's Putin's price hike and Putin. It's, it's, it's all of that. that. That's what's created all of this problem. And then you've gotten Joe Biden blaming supply chains. Right? Here is Joe Biden last month blaming the supply chains again. It's not the supply chains. It is bad fiscal and economic policy for years on end in the middle of all very predictable supply chain constrictions given the fact that we had a global pandemic. Bad economic policy generally makes itself felt during crises. And yet they keep pushing. They keep pushing. So here's Joe Biden last month blaming the supply chain still. There are nine,
3: nine major ocean line shipping companies that ship from Asia to the United States. Nine. They form three consortiums. These companies have raised their prices by as much as 1,000%. So everything coming from Asia, they, they, they get 90-some percent of it. the stuff coming from Asia. People at home trying to make it, you know, paycheck to paycheck are wondering, like, what in God's name do nine, understand when nine shipping companies have to do it? Well, almost everything you're doing, everything from what you're eating to what you're having to drive to what you're what, what you need in your home, it related to supply chains and what's coming from abroad. Supply chain right
0: there, guys, abroad. But here's the thing. As Stephen Ratner, the former economic advisor to Barack Obama, says, quote, the bulk of our supply problems are, not the product, are, are the product of an overstimulated economy, not the cause of it. Sure, there have been some COVID-related challenges, such as health-related worker shortages in factories, but most of our supply problems have been homegrown. Americans have resumed spending freely. Along the way, they've been creating shortages akin to those in a shopping mall on Black Friday. Blaming inflation on supply lines is like complaining about your sweater keeping it too warm after you've added several logs to the fireplace. Correct. Correct. And, and yet, Joe Biden, they are they're, they're, I keep saying it over and over because it's just, you have to understand this in order to understand why leaving these people in charge of the country is a really, really bad idea. They're ideologically committed to an idea that is likely to result in precisely the thing they said would not happen because that's the way of the world. And the fact that there have been mitigating factors against inflation in the past does not mean that this time there's not going to be a predictable result to very bad, predictable policy. And yet Joe Biden is continuing to argue today that we need more spending. And we're still pushing forward this Inflation Reduction Act. This Inflation Reduction Act is hundreds of billions of dollars in new spending. Joe Biden still wants more spending than that. And Democrats are higher in their own supply. They still believe that this is going to somehow spur the economy and fix the economy and fix inflation and all the rest. They have only when you have only a hammer, everything looks like a nail and their hammer is spending. And Joe Biden is still arguing today that more spending is going to cut inflation.
3: This bill is fighting inflation. Progressive leaders like Senator Elizabeth Warren said, quote, this bill, this is a bill that truly is about fighting inflation, bringing down the cost for families and putting our country on a sounder economic footing. It invests three hundred and sixty nine billion dollars. Granted, I call for 500-plus, but invest $369 billion to secure our energy future and to address the climate crisis, bringing down family energy bills by hundreds of dollars by providing working families tax credits. It gives folks rebates to buy new and efficient appliances, to weatherize their homes, and tax credits for heat pumps and rooftop
0: solar. I mean, listen, the the simple fact that this idiot— is citing Elizabeth Warren as the person who's talking about bringing down inflation. Again, I return to the clip in which Elizabeth Warren literally said in December of 2019, we need looser Federal Reserve monetary policy because the threat of inflation is somehow exaggerated. And he's citing her as an economic expert promoting the quote-unquote Inflation Reduction Act. So when friends and family start asking you questions about, you know, things like, do Democrats, are they really responsible for the inflation? Uh, uh, why, why won't why will we just vote Democrats? They, I mean, after all, they, this is all, unser- it, it's surprising. It was unforeseen. None of that is true. This is baked into the cake. They've been promoting this policy position for years. When the effects of the policy position become clear, then they run immediately from those and blame external factors. But they are to blame. People should remember that when they go to the ballot box in November. All we'll be back here later today with additional content. In the meantime, go check out The Michael Moles Show. That's available right now at dailywireplus.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Bradford Carrington, Executive Producer Jeremy Boring, Supervising Producer Mathis Glover, Production Manager Pavel Wydowski, Associate Producer Savannah Dominguez Morris, Editor Adam Sayovitz, Audio Mixer Mike Coromina, Hair and Makeup Artist and Wardrobe Fabiola Cristina, Production Coordinator Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free.